Welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines with me, Gary Middleton, uh, and special guest today, FA Regional Coach Development in the Northwest, Chris Welburn. Uh, Chris, we're going to look at uh, our topic today of scanning. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time out, Chris, today to join us. Uh, can you just explain to your to the listeners your current role at the FA and your experiences within football and coaching? Yeah, no. Thank first and foremost, thanks for the uh, the opportunity to join today, Gary. Um, I've worked the FA for the last nine, ten years. Um, I previously worked at um, Leeds Beckett University or Leeds Met, was it uh, as it was then? Um, I had a mixed experiences really. You know, I've worked in the the women's game. Uh, I've worked in university football for quite a long time. I've worked in academy football, and, and as I am currently at the minute, I work. Um, at Leeds United Academy with the with the boys um, program there, and I say regional coach developer across the northwest, covering you know a multitude of, um, of of experiences of work really. So you know from supporting female coaches to to working on the A license to um, the B license, and then you know a, a real sort of like coach development remit uh, working across uh, the county affairs. Extremely busy, Chris, as, as everyone seems to be. No, that well, that's football. the thing. If you get into football, uh, if you get into football, it's, it's evenings and weekends. But um, you know, it's been the game's been good to me for the last twenty years, and, and just you know, like to try and help people and grow the game where we can. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, Chris. Chris, so we're going to look today and discuss the art of scanning in the modern game. Uh, what does that look like? What does scanning look like in the game at present? I think if um, for for me, there's probably two things I'd like to start on here, Gary. So um, I think one, if we start to look at um, skill, so I think skill in its in its broadest facet, from a definition definition point of view, would be creating and solving game problems. And I think from what we we look at that, you know, the characteristics of the player, whether that's um, you know a male or a female, we're look we're looking at you know sensing, we're looking at thinking, we're trying to you know, act on those possibilities available. So for me, we've got to look at the foundation of skill first. And then when we look at scanning, I think it's really important that we we start to really try and think about a definition, if you like, or a, a bit of a working definition around what how players might um, understand that term, how we might understand it as coaches, and then ultimately how we might start to, to break that down. So for me, I think scanning is really about looking for and noticing possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really sort of like incumbent on the player to start to think around um, awareness and, and and searching and 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 ultimately how they can provide how they can provide information to themselves that will help inform their decision. Yeah. So for me, I think it's um, it, it's a real massive part of the game in terms of not only you know we, we probably think about midfielders, but you know I think from from all perspectives, if we, the more information we can get as a player. Um, in terms of our scanning, for me, I think it'll help uh, better inform the action or the decision that we make, really. Um, and that's probably yeah. uh, uh, the starting point for me, really. Mm, mm. I, I mean, if that takes us on to sort of, we're looking at the best players in the world at present that have that skill, as we say, uh, of scanning. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is Man City, is, is, is a great example. Uh, where would we, you know, where would we touch on uh, with with them types of players, and yeah. and is it the best players that are ultimately got the skill 
don't we not, Chris? Yeah, so I think if we if we look at sort of like players and, and what they, uh, how they perform scanning, how they sort of like use these perceptual skills to to try and inform decisions. And I think sometimes it's really important for for, for us as coaches to, to maybe break that down a little bit and start to think, well, it's not just the head, you know, the, the mm-hmm. body's um, a, a real sort of like indicator for us in terms of scanning, um, our footwork skills, etc. as well. So if we start to think about um, the, the best players, you know, they're probably in a position where if we're looking at the head, they might be um, in position where they're starting to, to look at, you know, observation of the immediate area. Um, they're trying to think about, well, actually, if, you know, if, if I sort of like receiving here, then actually where's my next decision going to be going? So it's maybe those timing of those scanning skills. Yeah. Um, you know, you might see multiple players before they receive the ball. So if we start to think about pre, during, after, the pre bit, there might be three, four, five, you know, multiple times where the, you know, the frequency is high. That timing of that scanning skill is important because ultimately they're trying to read the passer's decision and read that cue. But they're also trying to think about that. How is that going to affect my during in terms of when I receive the ball and, mm-hmm. and ultimately what's my intention of, of where we go after? Mm-hmm. So there's, I think it's really important when we look at players to, to maybe look at the the range of that observation, the frequency in terms of the scanning, um, the timing of those scanning skills. So if I stand back as a player and I'm looking at the telly or I'm looking at a live game, you know, that's really important for me from that head capacity. Um, when we look at the body, you know, is there is there is the cues and triggers that we can see in those elite scanning skills in terms of you know, what's the shoulders position like? Yeah. Um, you know, how do the arms indicate that that scanning um, uh, ability? You know, what's that that movement of the hips? You know, are, are they comfortable to be able to get themselves into a position where they're, they're really able to see quite a lot of a, a full picture ahead of themselves? Um, what can they see behind? What can they see in front? Um, and then ultimately as well, I think it's really important in terms of when we think about scanning, we've got to start to think about the feet as well. You yeah. know, so... Um, you know, the, the intention is important. So actually, you know, what, what does that foot pattern say? So if I've got a player, you know, what am I closed? Am I open? I may have, have I got the ability to do a, a zero touch turn and, and really sort of like open up that foot and that hip. And and then actually, what's the stride length like? Am I doing little steps or have I, I've got an opportunity in terms of making some, some larger uh, strides across the ground where I might be sort of like giving an indication that I want the ball ahead or I'm starting to go on to the ball with speed. Um, am I slowing down to being in a tight area? So for me, I think it's it's really important that we, you know, we, scanning can be done across all abilities. And, and we're talking there about the elite there, Gary Outley, in terms of yeah. what does it really look. But I think we're, um, you know, as coaches working with grassroots players as well or, you know, even across sort of like the male, the female, the paragon, it's it's really about how our players can provide um, and help them with maybe their intention. So what what are they trying to do? So yeah. what's that player trying to do? How do they perceive and, and, and look at their perception skills in terms of sensing them possibilities about what they want to try and do? And then what's that action like, Gary, in terms of, you know, well, I've, I've seen that this is a possibility and how do I carry out that action to, to, to maybe provide us with a bit of an end product in terms of where we go. So for me, it's good real description there around what does it look like in the elite game? Um, and, and then ultimately, how can we try and help our players 
make a bit of a smoother journey in terms of understanding scanning, yeah. performing scanning across that intention right through to action. Yeah, so you just mentioned there's a lot, there's a lot more cogs that go into that scanning topic. Yeah. Ultimately, than making sure we're, we're head movement and we're, we're aware of what's around when who's around well, Chris. Yeah, so I think if we, you know, loads of components, loads of facets there. But if if I sort of like try to sim simpli uh, simplify it down a little bit and, and say, right, I'll go on then. So scanning, what are we doing? We're trying to search for useful information. We're trying to search for information that's going to help us both pre, during, after. What are we then thinking as coaches? So if I'm a coach and I'm I'm thinking about thinking, if you like, so I'm looking at that player and I'm I'm, I'm making some own decisions in my mind and and he or she's on the ball and and I'm going well, you know, how often are they scanning? Is it that they need some more confidence and uh, you know time on task to say right, well actually, let's get into a situation where we design practices that we we can help with that. So how often do they scan? You know, where are they at in terms of frequency? Is it is it low? Is it high? Um, you know, what are they actually looking for? So have we had some have we had some real inquiry with the player to say, well, you are scanning, but 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 what are we actually looking at? And and ultimately what you know, what's that going to help you with in terms of your next decision? And then, you know, we've got what you're looking for, but then ultimately, you know, what you're looking at. So there's two different questions there. There's, mm. you know, what you're looking for when you're scanning. Is it that you're looking for your next pass? Is it that you're looking for the intentions of where that player might be, he or she making the run? But then also what you're looking at, is it is it pressure from a first defender? Is the pressure coming from in front? Is it coming from the side? Is it coming from behind? Um, you know, are you looking at the body language of the re the person on the ball at the minute and thinking, well, actually, you know, it's going to be a pass that's going to come across me or is it a pass that's going to go in front of me? You know, are they in a tight, tricky situation where ultimately I might have to adapt my position to be in a position where I'm going to be able to help them? So there's mm. how often are they scanning? Think about frequency. What are they ultimately looking for? And then, you know, what are they looking at? And and let's try and sort of like help that in terms of that facet of, you know, and, and I know we'll probably get on to this, Gary, but, you know, at the FA, we've we, we sort of like doing quite a big piece of work at skillful players at the minute. And as I said, it's about all players. It's about yeah. all ages. It's about all abilities, all yeah. positions. But, you know, it's part of that um, sort of like six capabilities piece of work that we yeah, do. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned it there, didn't you, Gary, in terms of our all sort of like interlinks and, and, and interweave yeah. really. Yeah, and and I think that sort of links into my next question, Chris, around should we be coaching and developing our players to have that awareness and scanning in all different areas of the pitch? You know, we, we how pitches change within the game. Um, we're not always focusing on our uh, creative players in that attacking third, um, finishing finishing third of the pitch, but that the art of scanning will come into you know a centre half being aware of where maybe his fullback is so he can receive and play out there or his goalkeeper receiving the ball to play out. Would I be right in saying? Yeah, no, without a doubt, you know, fully agree. And I think probably what we're thinking about is as as probably looking at scale and thinking about players and all the different positions that they occupy. I think that's probably there's two things there, isn't there? When we're starting to think about development of players and in the early formative years, it's good for them to play in a variety of um, 
different positions to help yeah. inform and devise these abilities. But then starting to think about the qualities of what people have, we're sort of using some some individual tactics there, aren't we, in terms of trying to, how can we as players use our abilities to gain an advantage over opponents? So that's that's a big one. And I think we've talked a lot about in the past around players and, and technique and skill. And technique is, is probably, you know, sometimes it's one of those where it's maybe without pressure, so you could work on the technique in terms of, well, actually, I'm working on my passing repetition here, and then I'm, I'm working on on developing some some touches on the ball. But the, you know, the pressure's maybe not there in terms of that technique. But when we have the skill in, for me, that sort of like adds the pressure. So I think it's that you know, ultimately, how can we sort of like develop our abilities and, and gain advantage over other opponents? And mm. and I think we've got to think about the development of players in this concept as well. You know, in terms of you know, it's it's not just about the on the ball stuff. It's about the off the ball stuff. And then how do we sort of like, you know, really start to to frame our thinking as coaches to, um, you know, break down on the ball and off the ball skills. And, you know, where does that start? How can we start to design coaching programmes? Um, how can we start to think about before, during, after with players? How can we start to break that down in terms of attacking and defending competencies? And and I say it's a big it's a big piece of work, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about the player. Um, and it's about trying to help them with, you know, and 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 also really in terms of developing more skillful players and, and and trying to narrow down those focuses of of where maybe needs that attentional focus at the minute. You know, they yeah. might be really good at, um, you know, they might be really good at, at, at movement skills, but they might need a little bit of support with the scanning. So actually, mm-hmm. they they can move and they've got really good. Um, agility skills for example but actually they need that next bit in terms of scanning to help them notice possibilities and that's you know it's all interlinked it's all interweaved but we've got to really understand the person first Mm. where are they at what are their on the ball skills like what are off the ball skills like what are their individual tactics like um and just have a real passion for developing uh that individual and how can they they can interact with these skillful connections but then ultimately how can they be better collectively as well, you know, trying yeah. to link things together. Yeah. Chris, scan, scan's a form of decision-making. So how as coaches, uh, can we develop this within our practice design? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the FA over the over a period of time, haven't we, around practice design and, um, and ultimately sort of like, um, you know, we've got to, we devise that sort of like practice spectrum um, and I think probably the more you go towards game-like situations, you're in a position where you can really help players um, interact with the environment and, and, and get lots of learning returns and, and ultimately help that from a perspective of uh, interacting with others. So, you know, how can they develop connection with the ball, you know, within our practices? How can they start to devise and, and, and work strategies out where there's maybe two player connections? Um, and we talk about that being our like our core move stuff that um, you know we've built into our uh, our respective courses at UEFA Cena, but um, and that under the microscope skill stuff as well. You know, how, what's that sender receiver relationship? How can we get our players doing things more often um, and more times to help them with what we need them to do? And then ultimately, as they progress up, you know, how, how does sort of like three player connection stuff work? And yeah. you know, it might be. Um, uh, and then a progression towards like unit and team. So I think from our perspective, it's about, you know, what 
what do we need to help the player with? What are their needs, wants, motivations? But then within our practice design, how can we identify? How can we uh, help players interact with um, one them they're in themselves on the ball, but then ultimately how can we help them within the collective and and and, and the team and the wider team? So for me, practice design is really key, and and that might come from, and I think there's a balance here as well. It's it might not just come from um, experiences or learning with the game. It might come through some uh, pose-based practices, some part-based approach practices where we give them time to to be able to work with that technique um, in that journey to skill. So yeah. for me, what I mean there is it might be that we try and build some repetition in terms of getting them comfortable with um, scanning in a, in a less opposed way and then help them develop from a technique base into that skill where it's with pressure then and we're starting to provide um you know some competition from the environment in terms of not just the player but actually how do they deal with surfaces how do they deal with um you know is it what's it like in on a on a, on a flat surface and in a, a playing futsal for example where it's, it's quicker it's faster how do the intentions change what's it like when we've got uh, environmental factors to, con- to deal with when we've got a perfect grass pitch or we've got a bobbly pitch and you know I think that's that's important as well in terms of um you know helping shape our players journeys in terms of you know surface conditions environment conditions um you know characteristics as well from our players in terms of abilities mm-hmm. so how can we play people up against each other that you know might do really well in sort of like less um less space less time based areas so you know how, how do we then sort of like think about that in our practice design or who needs a little bit more space and time at the minute who might sort of like need um you know to be to be really stretched you know what's the starting challenge point of our players and you know let's not superimpose the same task on all let's yeah. try and differentiate it and, yeah and really sort of like help them at um you know their point in development yeah and i think that's that comes down to knowing your players as you said earlier to challenge them in a different way that the thrivers within your group to the ones that maybe need that little bit more time to make that decision on that the skill of scanning i'm quite big on that um yeah i think something i've i've developed over time is is can we really understand our start and our challenge point of our players so so what i mean by that is um we might be working within the grassroots game, for example, and we've got an under eights, under nines team, and, and people might be listening tonight, and then, uh, oh, you know, wherever on the road, not tonight, wherever they are, and, and it might be, um, you know, let's let's think about it. Some players might like it slow, simple, easy. Some players might like it specific, hard, fast in terms of the, the, their challenge point. But what we've probably got to be quite good at is understanding that our players are all at different start and challenge points. Um, so how do we then design practices um, based on where they're at in their learning? So ultimately, how can we stretch? How can we challenge? How can we start helping them on their respective journey? And, and, and I think that's probably where we've got to think about our practice design. Um, and sometimes, not always an answer for this, but I quite like the concept of parallel-based activities where you know ultimately then you might be designing practices based on the start and challenge point of your players. So practice one, on this left hand side you know got three pitches set up practice one here is um in within these three practice areas one's a little bit um 
of a, a probably more of a, an easy challenge. We've got some copers in the middle and then we've got some people who are thriving ahead and, and might need that. And then, you know, that might be one option, but then how do we start to move people up? And I think sometimes it's understanding start and challenge point around this type of concept is quite important. So like, I quite like the rule of when I'm looking at players um, who may be forging ahead and doing really well, or people who were maybe need a little bit more time or, or struggling to to, to um, develop a skill. It's that rule of maybe, well, once is a one-off, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. And I quite like that sometimes in terms of maybe how, thinking about this concept, how can practice design and my behaviours help help players? And it might be that, well, once is a one-off, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. So three times is a pattern, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them doing something well. How can we stretch them? Three times is a pattern, well, actually they're struggling with this little component and that might be a chance for me to, to get on my little drive by or to maybe make me think and reflect in the moment around the practice. Yeah. So I think sometimes we've understanding start and challenge point alongside practice design and how we help players and help with how we help development is a is a really important bit for me. Mm. Yeah. Chris, you you touched on the the timing and the movement within this within this skill. Is that is that something is grassroots coaches listening in that you incorporate all of that into the practice or is it taking that time and out and do yeah. that at a, at a separate time to the movement the, the 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 observation skills or is it where we 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 can incorporate all of them three aspects within our practice to develop yeah. the players yeah i think um what we've got to contend here is is there's a lot of terminology um there's a there's a real sort of like um there's loads of observation observation uh, there's loads of observation factors there that we can help our players with so loads of terminology whether it's positioning whether it's scanning whether it's movement skills whether it's techniques but i think also i think we've we've also got to think sometimes around the lens we're looking through gary so yeah. you know i think if we try and attend our thoughts as coaches listening in now to all of these terminology and all these different components and you know we're trying to carry out our own session plan and we're trying to look at this and we're trying to look at that and we're trying to help players with on the ball and off the ball skills i think sometimes we, we can be really clouded um so i think we've got to think about the lens we look through so you know you might decide over sort of like six weeks that you know for let's take this example of scanning that might be something that you really start to look at and you might go right well actually i'm going to focus on this how does player male or female really make a good um how are they developing their awareness skills how are they de developing their searching skills how are they developing their anticipation and um you know skill sets in terms of maybe helping them inform decisions and and that might be where you go i'll tell you what i'm really going to look at that but you know that that's complemented by potentially movement it's potentially yeah. you know uh timing skills positioning skills but you're really starting to look at well tell you what i'm looking at awareness i'm looking at searching i'm looking at anticipation skills to that's the bit i'm looking at and then it might be that we start to think around well this is where my players are in the learning this is where i want to help them get to but how we're going to get there is going to have to be real careful consideration for me as a coach to say well we're not going to overload them. We're going to try and break things down. And mm. I think it's about learning it. You know, we've we've all sort of like been down that route before, where you know, uh, when we're really starting out, uh, we work great at defending in uh, pressing from the front. 
we weren't great from pressing from the front. Um, so I'll tell you what, we're going to work on it in training on Tuesday night and then hopefully by Sunday it's great. But then we see another problem on Sunday and we're going to work on it on Tuesday night. And I think we've got to move away from that because, you know, ultimately learning takes time. It needs um, repetition. It needs us to help the players within that environment. And, and sometimes we've, we've got to look at things in isolation for longer periods of time and, and, and help them develop them, yeah. those respective skills. So, you know, that's where probably the benefits of five, six week schemes of work, blocks of work, putting the learner first at the heart of that curriculum design is important. So, yeah, for me, loads of stuff to attend to, Gary, but what, what lens are we looking through? What does player X or Y in front of me need? How can I help them? Um, and how can that become an area of focus to to, to really help them with X at this particular, yeah. particular point in time? Um, and that should should help us then in terms of, um, you know, how we sort of like help them to make successful decisions to solve and game problems if you like if we, yeah. if we really understand around where they're at what the capabilities here and now um and really sort of like help them with the present-based stuff rather than trying to superimpose too much on yeah because if chris if we want to develop our inspirational coaches uh to look at these you know one of the six capabilities which we'll come on to to shortly um is scanning um, to incorporate them into our practices moving forward, as you've just mentioned. So in, in the you know in the past you, you mentioned you know whether it's uh, being better at finishing the attack, yeah. or whether it's better as defending as a unit, or working on passing skills. Um, something like scanning is maybe something that hasn't been coached quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, is is more of a um, but now within the modern game, it's you know it's it's there for everyone to to observe. So I suppose it's getting these messages over yeah. um, that th this is a real art of the game, and and how can we improve and develop our players to be better at it? Yeah, no, I think it, you're right, and I think we've probably got a responsibility as coaches. So let's, let's probably look at this in, in two options around coaches and then opportunities like you've alluded to there. So as coaches, we've we've probably got to be in a position where we're really uh, trying to support, guide, mentor, develop and, and unleash, if you like, that that player's potential, you know, whatever format of the game. So remember, this is not just about the elite game. This is about all players, all ages, you know, wherever that in the learning. And I think as coaches, we've got to create that environment to you know, develop those quality relationships with the players. We've got to try and help empower the team and we've got to, you know, help really develop potential of players. But then that comes with providing, you know, for want of a better term, you know, really good opportunities. You know, we call it um, inspirational opportunities at, at the FA. So, you know, how can we give our team and our players the chance to play football to, to solve realistic um, in-game problems? You know, how can we give them opportunities to hone the skills? How can we provide them and, and afford them the right type of opportunities and experience? And and that's that's not easy. You know, it's, mm. it, 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 that's tricky. That's that's a real understanding of of yourself as a coach. You know, that's a real understanding of player. That's a real understanding of the game, and then a real shaping understanding of the environment. And and I think sometimes it's it's really important for me that 
we put the player at the the, the heart of everything um, and, and really sort of like trying to understand these moments, um, thinking about the time and effort we put as coaches, but just putting the, the player at the heart of everything. I think yeah. it's, for me, it's absolutely fundamental that we give our players confidence and we give them the enjoyment within our environments. But I think a lot of it needs to come down to, you know, that real skillful ability of the coach to help our players to solve these problems. But but ultimately, how can we then help them on that respective journey? And, and that, again, comes through practice design. So, you know, individual base work, combined base work. How can we start to, you know, really make some good connections for our players in terms of, you know, that two player, that three player connection based stuff and and, and all that skill and tactic based knowledge that, that that comes in with that. And, you know, that's that's front and centre of our of our UAPC courses now, Gary. You know, it's, yeah. there's been a real fantastic piece of work done by some fantastic people at the FA with um, unbelievable years of experience and, and, and knowledge and, you know, the, the likes of Pete Sturgis, Graham Carrick before he moved on, uh, Paul Holder. Um, you know, there's some real inspirational people within that group that, you know, actually this is what the game's telling us and, and this is probably a, a great starting point for, for us. And that's that's then helping us connect stuff on the ground and then also helping us connect our coach education and and, and where that sort of like um, will take us over the next three, five years. Mm-hmm. Chris, it's interesting talking about the, the, the six FA capabilities. Mm-hmm. They're all very much all interlinked. So if we look at them, scanning, positioning, timing, movement, technique, disguise, any reason behind that for, for for people listening out there? Yeah, I think probably the, I think it's sort of like, it's a real process-based thought process for me. So what I'm thinking about is, what's the game, Gary? So, you know, ultimately, the game is comprised of a number of different things, but it starts with us as players. These are the abilities and it's about maybe hanging your hat on that these six things are, are being ident- identified that will really help, you know, your players with, you know, intentions, perceptions and actions. So want of a better word, you know, what am I trying to do? How can I help um, centre these possibilities and how can I act on these on these chosen possibilities? So it's about maybe breaking down our abilities to help engage advantages over those. And it's about maybe thinking, well, all of these individual components contribute as a part of that individual tactic stuff. So it's around if I can get the individual based tactic stuff right, which includes a lot of these components, it's going to help me in terms of when we start to think about how it builds up and how how our sort of like thought process develops as as players so from individuals into combined base work into working in threes into working with units into working with a team and it's sort of it's sort of a bit like how we learn to read and write in a way so yeah. we learn we learn sort of like letters we then sort of like build them into words we then build them into sentences we then build them into paragraphs and then we're able to sort of like try and eloquently put them together but ultimately it's about starting simple and then building it through and and, and this for me is a real you know, a great model that, you know, helps us in a, in a little bit way interpret um, as a great example, some of those under the microscope skills. So let's say, for example, we've got, you know, Ellen White before she retired, we've got Harry Kane and we're looking at, you know, 
that one v one jump. So let's let's take that example of you know centre forward playing against centre 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 half. So we're we're in the box and you know the ball's coming. Let's put that microscope on that player. So actually, you know, it's about the pre, it's about the during, it's the after. So what what things are we looking at in terms of ball holders on the ball on the right flank? It's coming across. We're, you know, we're then starting to think around. Well, where's that ball going to go? What? How can I help inform ball holder? How can I start to use some of these skills to think about where? Well, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about my positioning here. I'm thinking about, you know, where's the movement of run I can go into? When I get myself into a position where I've I've maybe used a bit of deception-based skills, or I'm thinking about my timing-based skills. Then it's about the next step where. Well, actually, defenders coming across. How can I use my body? How can I open up my hips? How can I get myself a little bit of an advantage? How can I then think about? Well, actually, I've given myself a bit of a half a yard here, but it's about. Well, actually, now I'm thinking about the techniques. I'm thinking about that quality of execution. I'm thinking about. Well, actually, you know, defenders coming across here, and I might have to go first time. It might be that. Well, actually, the defenders coming across here, and I might have to hold and set back and play or. You know the pit they've pinned me, or uh, they've read what I'm doing. So what's my next movement? And and I think if we start to think about those actions, you know, a good good starting point is under the microscope. What does that one v one skill look like? But then what's it look like from the nearest defender's point of view or the nearest attacker's point of view? So then what does it look like in the two v two side of things? And you know how does it sort of like all those decisions help inform us in terms of practice design, etc. You know, great one there as well, Gary. Is you know, we think sometimes when we're thinking about shooting, um, you know, shooting practices, and we think, well, actually, sometimes there we've got another, uh, you know, little layoff and we have a shot. But we've got to think about the game the concept of shot packing. So, what I mean by that is, is me on the ball, I'm about to shoot um, between goalpost and goalpost. If I take that back, how many bodies am I actually shooting past here? Is it is it two defenders? Is it three defenders? What's that interference like? You know, what? How can we recreate things in terms of finishing yeah. that? You know, actually from the shot packing point of view, actually, what does it look like? So, if I'm if I'm an expert finisher and I'm looking at that decision and I'm I'm, I'm thinking about my finishing technique, but it's not just about the goal and the keeper. It's about everything else that's in that, mm-hmm. and that, you know, for me comes down to a lot of those capabilities of these six principles that we've been talking about as well. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to consider. Um, and it's not just as easy sometimes as ball comes in and we we try and do X. We've yeah. got to attend to and consider all of these uh, these factors. Chris, what would be your key messages for coaches listening out there today uh, around today's topic of, of scanning? Yeah, I think from, you know, what we've got to try and think about is um we're in a situation where we're trying to help our players be in a position to be in a we want more skillful players through providing some really good inspirational opportunities and we want to try and help them develop as as coaches so if i'm thinking about this today i'm thinking around there's the stuff for me as a coach there's there's things to help me with the players and then there's also about what can I do to try and help them you know ultimately develop so for me it's about 
Really trying to give them a bit of an understanding around what, what skill is today. So it's about solving game problems, but then it's also starting to help them think about, well, what's their role that they can do to help play a part of that? Um, and it might be that they decide to spend a little bit of time as a result of the key message today to say, well, I want to find a little bit more about, out about these six capabilities. I want to think about how I can start to help my players um, be in situations where I tell you what, I, I don't want to make it really complex for them. I don't want to sort of like try and build loads of layers of things with them at the minute, but I want them to try and think about as a starting point in those formative years about oh, what's that individual connection with a ball like. Then it might be, well, as the mastering it, what how can they how are they developing in terms of, you know, that they might need two player connection stuff now. It might be that I'm really interested to to hear about this three player connection stuff and I want to find out a little bit more about that because I think that's where my players are at the minute. So for me it's about probably messages today to say, you know, how can I provide really good opportunities and experiences for my players? Where are they at in the development? And what might they need? So we've got to consider them. We've got to consider player. Uh, we've got to consider environment challenges. We've got to consider some task-based challenges. But but ultimately, for me, it's about, I'll tell you what, let's, there's a message around here. Where are my players at the, at the minute? What what do they need? How can I help them? And, and ultimately, let's try and find what's right for them at this moment in time. And, and, and let's help them with it. And it's about, for me, again, it's saying that player is the curriculum, if you like, Gary. So, yeah. you know, sometimes we've all been guilty in our past of, of, of putting a session on and we found it and we like it or we've seen it. But but does it really meet the the needs of our, of, of our yeah. players? Um, yeah. You know, how can we actually really get ourselves into a point of view where um, we might just make things really simple for our players and we'll put these practices on that we know actually they might need at this stage of development. And and, and that's it's probably not a bad starting point to say, do I really know where my players are at? How am I going to take them on the journey? Where do they need to go? And and, and that might come through more research for the coach. It might come through more understanding of the players. It might come through more time standing back and going, having a little look at where they're at. But then it's also maybe referring to this model um, and going, yeah, actually, let's start with them loving the ball. Let's stay on staying on the ball, and then how do we build from that? And mm. and that's got to be age and stage dependent as well. Yeah, brilliant, Chris. Pleasure to chat and listen to your knowledge uh, today and sharing that today with us on from the sidelines. And we'll hopefully speak to you again soon in the near future. No problem. Thank you very much indeed. And I say look forward to uh, to listening to the whole range of podcasts that you've done as well and uh, appreciate the invite. Thanks, Chris.